You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, coming at you from the Broadway Podcast Network Studios. Uh, obviously, it's been a pretty overwhelming few weeks uh, for everyone in the country as we try to do all we can to make sure we stay safe and take the proper uh, precautions with the coronavirus spread. Uh, we'll touch on that a little bit more in a second here. I uh, thought we'd do a, something a little different for tonight's episode uh, with the start of the baseball season, hopefully coming soon. Um, you know, Many of the folks who listen to Break It Bat really enjoy the topical roundtable that we did back in January with our podcast co-creator, Scotty Katzman. And while Scotty couldn't be here tonight, uh, I did round up another all-star panel that I'm really excited about as uh, we preview the upcoming baseball season and talk a little bit about the state of Broadway. So let's do a couple introductions. Let's start with a familiar voice. My producer, Mr. Alan Seals. <laughs> hey, Al, how are you doing? Uh, I, as good as I can be. Yeah. I, I'm better now that I'm here. This we're, is where I find solace. We're recording this on the the eve of just hearing the news that Broadway shut down. Yeah, this is, um, it, it's still a little hard to process, but if I'm going to spend a night like this with anyone I wanted to be with, uh, with someone like you, Alan. So well, thank you. Glad you could be here. Then I'd like to introduce a few new voices. Uh, one is a dear friend of mine who I think does a great job of capturing the emotional side of being a baseball fan. He's a big Yankee fan, but I think more importantly, he's an objective one. So with that being said, let's say hello to our first panelist tonight, Mr. Gil Casenza. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Anytime. Looking, for, looking forward to it. Next, we have someone back in the batter's box uh, who actually appeared in our inaugural BPN episode with Angie Schwar during the Fastball Derby segment. Uh, while he's a lifelong Mets fan, I think I can definitely say that he's a baseball fan first, which makes his input all the more important. Let's welcome back Mr. Doug Horowitz. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I don't think there's such a thing as an objective Yankee fan, just to say, but or, or, as a Mets fan. Or a real Mets fan. And thank God he, he has a Mets jersey here, which is very uncomfortable. He got to represent. You know? he got, <laughs> that's been a bleeding heart. I wonder if I'll uh, see a championship once in my life. I think, Alan, the only one who had enough guts to wear Mets swag was Liz Calloway. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was Liz Calloway came in with her hat on. Yeah, that's right. Or yeah, she had a shirt or hat. A shirt or hat. Yeah. It was one or the other. It's like a tramp stamp, Mets fans. You know, when you wear the jersey, it just identifies who you are. <laughs> well, Doug, she's it's a sign of shame, but pride. <laughs> she's been nominated for a Tony to her credit. So like she could get away with that. So we might be giving you some shit. Let's go Mets fan. <laughs> and uh, you know, lastly, we have uh someone else here who I saved him for last because uh, he's more or less been connected to the Bathead universe going back to the spring of 2019. Back then, many of you know, Scotty and I were doing the show in my apartment. Uh, and for those who remember those wonderfully produced audio uh, sessions that we would, <laughs> that we'd use uh, through Google chat, Alan was once a victim of, of that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so if Alan was our first guest, uh, this next guy uh, ha- had someone from uh, his blog actually serve as our second guest. Uh, you remember, remember a little episode we did with Susie Pinstripe, who writes for my favorite Yankee blog, Bleeding Yankee Blue. Uh, Tonight, we're lucky enough to be joined by the blog's founder, head writer, and a true student of baseball, Mr. Robert Casey. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, it's so good to have you. And you it's know, great to be here. Listen, I was quarantined, but I came out anyway. Is that all right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. What a day, guys. <laughs> I mean, where to begin? I mean, within the same day, we get an announcement that the Major League Baseball season is going to be postponed to at least mid-April, and Broadway is postponed to mid-April. And the NHL. Wow. And the NHL, and the NBA. Oh, it's all at once. It's a perfect shitstorm. No, it's every single sport. MLS even, it goes goes further. Disney's closing, too, by the way. Yes. First Wait, they stopped the Mighty Mouse? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Disney's closing. March Madness, no March Madness, Mm. which is hard to believe. Well, betting is going to be taking a big hit then. I just, um, I never, I never thought I'd see the lights go out on Broadway, and I never thought that we'd be in a position where, um, you might. I, I don't, you know, I wasn't really, I don't really remember the MLB strike of ninety four, ninety five having a shortened season. At this point, yeah, they're saying April fifteenth. They're saying April twelfth for Broadway. Are these just arbitrary numbers? Because we obviously don't really have a grasp of how true, or we don't really have a grasp of you know what's going on with Corona and how fast it's going to spread and how we're going to be able to contain it. Um, you know, just for all of you guys, how how do you feel about you know what's going on? Being so passionate about you know sports and theater. Well, for me, I mean, we've never seen anything like this, right? So uh, they're just guessing. I think that's probably the fairest way to say they don't they don't know. And, and yeah, I mean, we don't know if it's going to get really bad or how bad it gets. And, you know, I'm a, of the, uh, I kind of feel like, you know, this is more of a, uh, make sure you do everything right. Wash your hands, make sure you're not touching anything, you know, educate your kids, tell your friends about it and make sure, but you know, is it airborne? I don't know. You know, the whole thing about being washing down surfaces is important, but like at the end of the day, I mean, I don't think anyone really knows how, what, has anyone here ever seen anything like this before? Well, I mean, maybe uh, I wasn't live for it. Spanish flu, nineteen eighteen. That seemed pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, besides that, I think the only other case I would see of stadiums played without fans was when Baltimore, when there was what was that the protest going 2014. on? Twenty fourteen, yeah, which Baltimore was riots. very odd to see. But I don't know. I just as a fan, I don't want to see baseball go away. But the fans really are an integral part of the game oh, for huge. these players. Huge. And mm-hmm. I feel like they get juiced, they get revved off it, and I feel like it's a completely different element. That's why March Madness, I believe, is canceled. Because you got these underdogs coming in, and everyone wants a rah-rah for the underdogs. But And that's that's a big fan thing, mm-hmm. right? Fans come out to see that. That's what, I mean, how many people do you know that go out, that, that's all they talk about right about now? 
and now there's not going to be any fans. Like, how does that work? How does that work? Yeah, it's very eerie. It almost feels a little bit like uh, September 11th, a little bit, uh, you know, being an insurance guy, you know, even Hurricane Sandy. I mean, it's unbelievable how people are walking around like zombies, you know? It's, it's kind of like said, that. It's very like a solemn day, you know? But hopefully, I mean, I, I was around for the 81 strike, which was terrible, and they came back and did a split season, the Yankees, and uh, when they played the Brewers and stuff like that. That wasn't, you know, a lot of people were upset. In 94, they were upset too. I mean, when people came back in 95, I mean, people were not coming to the stadium. People no, were not going. I they mean, were angry. They were very angry. And I remember being able to get a playoff ticket like it was easy that time. It was like, no, no way yeah. in 95. So... You know, people don't understand that. I mean, baseball's has a you know a lot of things going on, and hopefully they get this right. But I guess at this point they had to follow suit with the other, right, with the other sports and and uh, take safety first. But we'll see. I mean, nobody really knows, you know. And we had a strike on Broadway too, Alan. Right? Was it a writer strike or the lighting crew strike? That there was a writer strike in '07, mm. and then there was recently. I don't remember if it was this year. Or last year or the year before, there was the the equity strike, but um, yeah, the writer strike it, it affected TV and film and everything. So that it, stuff still happened, but there was nothing new being produced because mm. you weren't allowed to write. Right. So like your favorite TV shows just ended mid season without any explanation, and then like Broadway stuff, it was all if it was already running, it kept running, but like auditions died because no one was writing new stuff to audition for. On a lighter note, though. Who's the happiest uh, baseball team right now that there's no games for a couple weeks? Well, I would say the Yankees because we have the most injuries <laughs> and the most guys to, who need to heal and recover. That and the Astros. <laughs> that of why oh, we have uh, to put off their uh, yeah. the hate. So they don't have to get booed anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, let's, let, can we change it up? Is it too early? Am I, am I running the table? I'm sorry if I am. No, go ahead. I, 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 I think that it's, it's, it's the perfect time, if there is a perfect time, for the Astros to get the heat off them for a, for a little while, right? I mean, they they were getting killed, and they should get killed for, for what they did in 2017. Who knows what they're doing in 2018, 2019? Um, with, with our blog, uh, we're going off on them and Rob Manfred and Tony Clark. I mean, these, these guys uh, really destroyed the game they the integrity is gone there what happened to punishing wrongdoers steroids and what about it? i don't know i mean i'm saying it's just like it seems like everyone from the steroids era they got a stiffer penalty as the players like oh, as agreed. a legacy type of idea agreed so agreed I'm, I'm trying to ask do you think this is a bigger deal than having steroids to cheat the game oh technology over listen, steroids. great question um, I think when you do steroids, you're, it's about selfishness. And I think when you cheat as a team and make it strategic and use technology and have a plan, you, you do it as a team. And it's, it's, I think it's a lot worse. You, you really kind of ruin the game. Here's what I'll say about that. I, they deserve every bit of the hate they've gotten. Uh, I know that we never would have gotten the facts had they not been granted immunity, but... I feel like Manfred, obviously the commissioner of baseball, deserves an equal amount of hate. And like I said, when you hear the back and forth between Manfred and the players' union uh, in the wake of all of this, yeah. I just feel like things could have been handled a lot differently going into the investigation. And for the most part, that would have started with Manfred kind of uh, coming up with, a, I guess, maybe a deal or some sort of system with 
with Tony Clark. But that should have happened years ago because this was brought to light as far back as 2017. He puts all this energy into all these things that aren't necessarily important, like playoff opponent selection show with 14 different teams. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, he knew about this three years ago and didn't do anything about it. And that's why you have the mess that you do now, uh, which is in why in my mind, if there's going to be any sort of a mandate that he's going to issue, you know, you heard rumblings that he was going to potentially extend suspensions around baseball for anyone who throws the, at the Astros. Right. Um, he's in no place to do that because he's as guilty as anyone. Correct. You but know, he's in a no-win situation. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, as a fan, I, I I can understand your point, but I'm just tired of it. I mean, the Yankees lost to them three times right. in, in, in decade. They got to beat them. And if you got this stuff like the old days of Goose or whatever, I mean, I, I know Goose. I've met these. I mean, if they knew there was cheating, they would have got chin music. You know, and and, and honestly, they should have did that. You know, this BS that if they knew they were banging on the drums and stuff like that, someone should have got a, a high hard one. I'm sorry. I mean, I know Tori didn't believe in that, and I don't think Boone. They don't. The new generation doesn't really believe in that. And honestly, I mean, I, I know it's just cheating, and it's it's just irritating after a while because it took so much away from the game. But in 2017, when the Yankees lost, they only scored one or two runs a game. So no matter what the bunt, you know, what the banging the drums, they didn't score any runs no, that I series. Know. You know, so. I don't know. I, uh, I I go back with this with my son. You know, he says, "Dad, you know, I'm a boomer." I don't know. I just get tired of it. I know there's always been cheating part of the game, but when it goes beyond cheating till unlawfulness, then it's like, uh, you know. And that's the thing. This thing was strategic. They went through this whole process. They knew a whole had a whole system, and that's why I get outraged because the, you know, like like I said, Manfred, you know, uh, doesn't do the proper punishment. Tony Clark comes out with this statement, this ridiculous statement about how he's always going to protect the player. Well, you're protecting cheaters that are knowingly now admittingly cheating. Maybe Tony Clark, they show him that someone should ask him if he got a hit in the 2004 playoffs. <laughs> They're much better for us. How, See, many, that's, how, how many men on base did he leave that series? He killed us that series. That's old school baseball. That's old school. Fan right there. I mean, that's right, right there. Right? I mean, uh, Tony Clark, you think I think when Olu got hurt, that killed the whole series. And Tony Clark must have left 25 men on base that series. <laughs> that's right? right? Am I right? Tony, right every, he got, every time he came up, there was two men on. That's right. And Tony Clark can get a hit, but he's ahead of the union now. But forget about it. That's besides that. That's just being angry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> still angry for that 2004, you know? <laughs> well, we do have precedent for such an instance like this. We had back in the day, if you guys recall, the Cardinals hacking scandal. And the Cardinals yeah. hacking scandal was where they actually hacked, ironically enough, the Astros. So that they would mine their data. And so their fine was two draft picks, number 56 and 75th overall, and $2 million fines. For some reason, that should have set a precedent. Like as we've seen with Roger Goodell and all of these other penalties happening yes. in the NFL. Why is it only that the Astros get fined $5 million? That's a speeding that's ticket like for... The, oh, yeah. I was going to say, that's Altuve <laughs> like sitting on the bench for three games. Like, I don't understand it. Mm. I, listen, I don't get it either. I will just tell you this. Um, I get joy in watching these guys get razzed like crazy. It's... it's if you're going to do it, if you're not going to get punished... Then, then do it that way. And I, that's why I love being a fan. These guys can come out and do what they want, say what they want, hold up signs, mo you know, mock these guys, rip them a little bit. It's all part of it. And you can tell. You can tell it's getting to these guys. They can't swing in a pitch without hearing somebody whistle. They swing and miss. They got guys just <laughs> not – they're not able to, to focus. And it's it, – it, listen, we're in their head. And that stuff to me is what being a fan is. I love watching that, especially when you do something wrong and you skate. I feel like that. <laughs> <laughs>
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually, I'm very curious to see. Now you have Verlander injured too. Um, you know, yeah. they, they might have a little bit of extra time to play with as far as his rehab goes. But I, the, my one fear is I don't want to see them have any sort of success whatsoever. Um, are they going to use this as motivation, all the hate that they're getting, or are they, are they just going to succumb to it? That's one thing that I'm actually really. You never know. They're still a good. They're still a good team. <laughs> they, are. they are a good team. You they know? are a good and team, they, and they may rally uh, together and, and do better this year. You don't know. You don't know. Well, you also got the Dusty Baker curse. You never know about that. <laughs> get you in the playoffs at least. Right? <laughs> but see that? <laughs> can I bring that Dusty Baker thing up? Yeah. That drove me crazy too. When he comes out and he's saying how it's how he's worried about these guys getting hit and premeditated, you know, hit by. But I get it. You're the new manager. You gotta you gotta say that. But my God, I mean, this whole thing was hatched up by them in the first place, and it goes back to Manfred. Right? The guy did nothing. He should have done something. He was just cowardly. Like that, he had no. He was like, hmm, let's see. And he, you know, he thought he was a genius by giving the one-year bans to the GM. Oh yeah. He was just like, oh, oh yeah, so great. Yes. And the backlash that came back. He's like, uh, it's just a trophy, guys. Right. Just a hunk of metal. Tell that to Aaron Judge, who could have won an MVP. To those other players who could still have careers to this day, like Mike Bolsinger, who's who is suing them for over $30 million, which is their whole entire postseason run worth of value. Wow. And that's yeah. also, when you make the difference between a World Series team and the second place team, it's $365,000 per person in the pool versus $200,000. So when you're a locker room attendant, that is life-changing. That means your kid's Correct. going to college or he's not. There's a difference right there. So the Astros, this goes a lot deeper and it cuts both ways and it cuts even deeper. And as an Astros fan... I would kind of accept this because the Mets have never won in my lifetime. Okay, let me just put that out. Okay, it's, it's pathetic. Like, any way to win, any way to win. But still, jobs were taken away, money was lost, and Manfred is just sitting on his lows, just saying, yeah, this is nice. This is nice. I think I did good. I think the good thing about the Astros is that they only won once. Right, mm-hmm. so the Nationals beat yeah. them. And so, so the good thing is that they didn't have a run of two or three years in a row, yeah. which is nice. But... You know, we got a three Yankees have lost them three times in the playoffs. I mean, enough is enough. They got to. And you're right. They got to be and, the and, and, and I don't want the Yankees to start, you know, whippering and stuff. They should go on the field and beat them if they really want it. Yeah. And if you want to get Altuve, you don't have to hit him. You could spike him at second base. You could run, you know, throw a oh, yeah. down. There's a lot of things you could do, but I don't know. Boone looks like he's, uh, you know, he's Cashman's puppet. So I don't know. Well, Al, you, you love Boone. 
I like I like Boone. Okay. Love is a strong term. <laughs> uh, right now, most of I usually have a lot of frustration towards Yankee management, at least mm-hmm. post 2009. It wasn't a great decade for the Yankees, Alan. Just to, you know, uh, you've been in New York for the better part of the Oh, you decade. didn't win a World Series for yeah. a decade. We, did, we didn't no make penance. a World Series <laughs> no for penance, a decade. Right? Last time that happened was the 1910s, just to mm-hmm. clarify for everyone so at lucky. home. you've had it a little bit rougher but um you know the thing that i've been super frustrated about is just um obviously you know you want to win not even making it to the world series this past decade that was tough the thing that's been more most frustrating to me however the past two seasons is just the overall state of the medical staff or whatever the yankees are doing to make sure that players condition properly because it's not even opening day. We already have another rash of injuries. You have stuff that apparently popped up last year, whether if we're going to talk about Judge or Paxton or Severino. Apparently, it wasn't addressed until spring training. Yeah, that, that's, spring that's training. unacceptable for yeah. a team that's the Yankee. I mean, that's almost a joke, really, when you think about it, that no one knows what's going on. I mean, the guy hurts his, He had a shot, they said, in October, then they don't check the whole winter. And I mean, then, he heard I mean, a crack I mean, and a pop. I mean, that's, that's that hard, it's hard to understand that they no. imagine. That never would happen with George was around. Oh, you're they, right. They, they'd all be gone. You're right. I mean, I, I mean, and not to say anything, but you know, they haven't won a pennant since George has been gone too. So don't, you know, they said he was crazy, but you know, they got results. You know, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> it, sometimes <laughs> not, sometimes not. But I, I just can't understand as a Yankee with, that they don't have that. I mean, the MRI team and the machine doesn't work. I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean, stuff that you hear, it, it's like a little kid going to the, you know, to the doctor in like a fifth grader saying what what hurts. And I mean, misdiagnosis, it's, right? Yeah, it's just hard to understand that. I mean, they're supposed to have, they should have the best orthopedics, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's hard to understand that with the Yankees, you know? I read a great headline and said it wasn't batting practice, it was malpractice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's hard to believe. I like that one. <laughs> but I, I'm actually very curious to see if this is going to be a recurring thing throughout the year. Um, one thing that I'm going to w- keep an eye on, I, although I don't think it'll happen just because there's clearly something going on in the front office. Will there be any repercussions for Boone or Cashman should they not win at least a pennant this season? Are they both like completely safe? I don't know about that. I mean, for Boone, I wouldn't get... I'm not a huge Boone guy, but I wouldn't get on Boone for that. Cash Cashman, one. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's I about mean, time, especially with these injuries. It's finally you have something to hold them accountable for. Yeah, but they love him for some reason. They Hank do. And how they love him, I, you know. The guy has won a pen in ten years. I mean, it's hard to believe. It. I mean, all right, he's built a young team, but we never really had pitching, right? We've always had problems. We don't have pitching. We don't have pitching. So finally, he got cold. But you know, he everyone, even the millennials, always say, "Oh, Cashman got this guy and he got that guy." But any of his moves, they don't talk about Ellsbury. Right? No, they don't talk about right, that. Pavano, they don't want to talk about. Right. So any of his bad, Sonny Gray was a disaster. I mean, oh, yeah. Sonny Gray. So, so when you're talking about all his great things, yes, but what about his bad ones? And how about the Stanton you know, trade, too, that they net, that they just took that on 10 a, years yeah, out well, of nowhere? We still think that's hopeful, though, the Stanton trade. That's the problem oh, with Cashman. Cashman still has this dream that's perfect. That's just like, we've got the perfect set with their team. Look at the shiny bullpen. Yeah. Look at these nice little <laughs> yeah. prizes and baubles. But they don't realize the cracks inside the toys. Stanton is a broken down player, right? I mean, the guy is a, when he is healthy, he's outstanding as far as hitting home runs, right? But if you really look at this guy and you break down his swing, he doesn't even use his legs. I mean, you got to watch this guy swing a bat. It's all upper body. He's not a hitter. He's a slugger. It's just unbelievable to me that he made it this far. Yeah, I'm surprised with, like, the Yankees, they just don't believe in left-handed 
power and left-handed, yeah. that, which was always a staple years ago, but they don't seem to care. Well, these guys do hit the ball to right field, which is amazing. You know, they yeah. just hit the ball to right field. You never saw that years ago yes. as much. So they have the power. But, you know, and be, like I, I would like to see this kid, Anderhaw, get a chance because the guy gets hits. And in the playoffs, he needs hits. I mean, and, you know, this bullpen is good. But in, if you have good starting pitching, you could put the starting pitching in the in the bullpen like the Nationals did. And if yeah. the Mets got in there, they could put the starters in there. They could be a dangerous team if they, they made the postseason because who needs – you don't need a good bullpen. You know, you could use your starters. So – you know, Cashman always did about the bullpen, but you need guys during the season to go more than four or five innings because the bullpen gets shot. Yeah. You know, we saw it last year. You know, so, 100%. Yeah. You need guys, exactly. that's why they got cold. You know, I mean, you need guys that's seven, I mean, CC was a love affair, but he should have been gone two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we knew that, right? We yeah. knew that he was going to go four or five, and I think that did set the precedent because we we couldn't get anywhere in the playoffs with it. With it. You know, you don't have that seven inning eight inning guy. You're 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 dead. You need a quality start pitcher. When it gives you six innings, three earned runs or less. And it seems like yeah. Cashman, and also with Boone, Boone's ready to give them the hook early because he has so much faith inside that bullpen. But maybe let him go a little distance. Maybe there's something they're showing in the metrics that the third time around is something wrong with the starters. But Masahiro Tanaka seems to be coming around this spring. Yes. I mean, well, as they long as this spring lasts. They're very quick to give him the hook. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they have a very quick hook with Tanaka. I, that, and that for those reasons, that's why I really hope they give a lot of thought into whoever this fifth starter is. Um, because another thing that they did last year, which really didn't help, was that dependence on the opener, uh, where you're, you know, so, you know, you're throwing, let's say, Chad Green out there for an inning and two thirds or two innings max, and then you want need to get 24 hours from the bullpen, depending on the night. Uh, we saw it rear its ugly head come October. So I know that you have a few options there right now. I know Davey Garcia is a highly touted prospect. He struggled a little bit this spring. Need some more seasoning. Um, Clark Schmitz looked impressive, but he hasn't pitched above double A. Michael King, I, he's shown some flashes, but overall, um, you know, the body of work at the higher minor league levels, less. they would tell me that I think that he might not necessarily be ready for the big stage. Um, I feel like your safest bet might be someone like a Jonathan Lewisaga. Um, He's got four pitches. He can hit the upper 90s. I hope that they roll the dice on someone like that rather than, you know, maybe kind of forcing someone into a position that they're not ready for, or like I said, you know, depending on the opener like that. Is Jordan Montgomery the fourth starter? Yeah, Montgomery, I, I think he's got that job yeah, on lockdown. I, right? I think you're right. Debbie could be right. like the next, like Pedro Martinez. He's such, so short. The guy's got a freaking ball that pops out of his hand. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. The command's not there. I don't know. Who would you pick above everyone else? Would you say Lasagio? I would say Luazaga, yeah. I like Sessa, but he's good to come out of the bullpen just to give you innings, you know? You're, so. you're the first Yankee fan that said that they like Sessa. Every time Sessa comes in, I feel like it's a meatball down the plate. No, but, every time. But if you look at this year, he gave you valuable innings to Can guy. I tell you something? Yeah. You're right. He's got tremendous potential. I just don't know. I mean, I don't He's not a great, but you need guys like that. I mean, when they won in the 70s, you need to get Tidro. You had Mendoza. Yes. You had all these guys. You can't always have superstars, you know? So Correct. And he could start. I, I like him, but then, of course, people don't like him. I don't think he's a bad pitcher, Sessa. I don't either. I don't either. There's been times where he's gotten lit up, but I, I don't think he's a bad pitcher. I think he just needs time. And I, unfortunately, we don't have that, right? We just got to try to win ball games. But Do all the injuries bring the Yankees a lot closer to the pack? Hmm. I don't know. How many good teams we have? Tampa. I, I, mean, I mean, how many teams are really good in the American League? Four or five teams? I mean, you know, they I should be I think your locks are Minnesota. I think Houston's probably a lock for the West. Tampa yeah. Bay is going to be very good. Yep. White Sox, I think, are going to be a surprisingly good team. Yes, yeah. Monty Grandel was a phenomenal signing. He's he's, good, yeah. He has had one of the top uh, top catchers over the past four years with a 50% uh, 
uh, on the it's called on the boundary pitches, where it's between a strike and a ball where they can't tell. And so his framing technique where he brings it back into the zone has been one of the most phenomenal over wow. the past 10 years at least. Yeah. So they, wow. he completely revolutionized that Brewers staff. You're going to see the Brewers definitely go down. But, they had a Dallas Keuchel too on the rotation mm -hmm. front. And as a ground oh, ball right. pitcher inside Chicago, that stadium, right? it's going to be good. Oakland, yeah. Oakland is good too. Yeah, Oakland yes. would be fantastic. Oakland's good too. I mean, it's, it all depends about how injuries when these guys come back and and you know, you're banking on Torres playing shortstop the whole season. You hope he doesn't get hurt. I mean, there's a lot of factors. I mean, you got LeMayu, but, you know, I think they got a lot of a lot of pieces, but it depends on how long they play, you know. And then the outfield, guys filled in great last year. I like that kid Ford. Yeah, I, I do think, too. I tell you the truth, he really gives you a nice quality at bat. I mean, he's yeah. lefty. I always like the lefties, you know. I agree. Like I was a lefty, too, you know? at first. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he came in. Now you got to yeah, show, Ford right? came in. Yeah. Now you got to love yeah. Ford. Yeah, he's. A, I think he, you know, he gives you quality at bat. He, he takes walks. He files pitches off. You know, I, you know, that's an art too. I mean, the, this kid Torres is, from what I see, is unbelievable. Well, hopefully, he'll continue. You know, playing shortstop is going to be different, more difficult now. Yeah. The fact that it's a natural position, though, I'm actually, if that's the mm -hmm. biggest concern, his defense at shortstop, I mean, we saw him play there, what, at least 70 times yeah. last year in yeah. T's absence? Um, I'm not that worried about his defense, and he's such a good player offensively that I think it'll make up for it. So let me ask, come October or maybe November when the playoffs begin, are we looking at both teams from New York in the postseason? Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Heck yeah. I can't, don't, don't. Don't give me hope like that. See, <laughs> I just, it just, it just burning my heart. Just think about that. I'm already a Jets and Knicks fan. Come on, I mean, wow, it's a bleeding hope of just Islanders too. Yeah, oh, and Islanders. <laughs> I don't know if the Mets are gonna. I mean, the Mets could win. High. It depends on the bullpen. It depends on a lot of things. I but, think it's yeah, health, yeah. like you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. For some reason, yeah. it just seems like in New York, there's a dearth of quality medical personnel who want to work with the Mets and Yankees, even though they've got the most money to give. But the Mets have upgraded. They look real good. And I'm not a Mets fan. I, I don't hate the Mets at all. But like they have improved their team. It's like, going to be really fun to watch. I think it's going to be actually a lot of fun. Thank you for Dylan Batances, by the way. We yeah. really appreciate yeah. that gift, guys. I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still surprised by that. Like, I, and I think this bullpen, like for the first time ever, I could be like, wow, it's actually decent. Yeah. Like I could see yeah. some saves coming from here. I'm not going to be ch chomping at the bits of my nails come eighth, ninth inning every single time. But I'm really excited for what's coming up. And yeah. you went to Cespedes for giving away that much money to come back and play for us? Right. And he's, I mean, come on, he's the horseman. He fell down through a hole and broke his leg. I mean, come on, this no, is great, boar, though. Boar, boar, wild boar. Wild boar, that's what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Wild boar. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not like him. I'm not like uh, uh, Casey. I, I, I don't like the Mets. I grew up against them. Yeah. I, I don't want them to win at all, you know? I mean, if they played the Phillies, I'd rather have the Phillies win, to be honest with you. Yeah, but they're going to yeah, have yeah. a tough, what they have is they have a tough division. Oh, you have yeah. some good teams yes. there. And it's all about the pitching. I mean, they got the starting pitching. It's the bullpen. It's all, it's all, it's like a piece. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, you know? But if the, the starting pitching is, is it's lights up. Can they score? Can they play good defense, which is also important. I love know? the way you put that, Gil, because it's honestly, every single time, it's like a yeah. jigsaw puzzle when it comes to these Mets. It's like you got all these loose-fitting pieces where it looks fantastic on paper from one aspect or another. And then when it just comes together, something like water spills all over and it gets soggy and just you can't fit them together at all. But I mean, I'm hoping that with this new, they've gotten a lot more talent and um, I feel like that the defense on the field is much better. Noah Syndergaard definitely has a bounce back here because he's had overall for the past three years the highest fastball average velocity, and which amongst a starter is a very significant. And I mean, the guy's got to do it. I mean, his name's Thor. Like, got to think You got to yeah. let him crack down the thunder. Yeah, he's going to want to make the money. He wants big contracts. Exactly. He's going to have to have a big year, right? It's the I mean, incentive. It's, it's a big incentive. Cole, I hope, has a big year, but we're going to need him in the playoffs, right? Yeah.
Yeah. But I think you guys have a much better shot of going further in the postseason because just the depth of your offense with Miguel Anduar, who's in the back in Gio Sherla, you still got back there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like even if a down year from DJ LeMahieu, which probably I'm projecting based upon how the baseball is turning out to be. Yeah. You still I, got I that Ford kid. But that Ford kid is very interesting. I really like that kid. Oh, and he makes Mike a lot Ford of contact too. Yeah. I, I like Mike Ford a lot. I, you know, and especially with what you saw from Luke Voigt down the stretch last year, I do think a big part of that was attested to some of the injuries that he fought, you yep. know, his struggles. He didn't even make the postseason roster. But I do like Mike Ford, and I think there's a lot to be said for contact hitters nowadays in baseball because it's become kind of it's kind of becoming a dying breed. I mean, you have the MVPs of the league. Listen, if they're gonna bat 300, I'm not gonna knock someone for not, you know, striking out 170 times. But it's kind of becoming the norm. You look at the top 10 leaders and strikeouts by batters, you know, it used to be embarrassing to strike out. 100 times a season. That's what Ken Singleton always says. Yeah. Uh, but now all of a sudden, that's kind of like middle of the pack, which is <laughs> that's a good unbelievable to me. It's hard to believe they strike out so much and no one puts the bat. It's a different game now. Everything is just two strikes. Nobody really protects or tries to get on base or anything, which is... Uh, and also, when, like you said with the Yankees, they have all these guys at home runs, but in the playoffs, they face better pitching. They got That's when they got to learn during the season. That's why against Boone, they have to learn how to move runners every so often. They're playing Correct. good pitches in the playoffs... They're not hitting home runs. First of all, if it's usually cold weather and stuff, the ball doesn't carry, and Very and they need and they need to get singles. I mean, it's good that they beat Baltimore and get fifty home runs and Sanchez and Torres. But in, in the postseason, you're facing better pitching, and the one run is a big thing for difference. They have to learn how to get those runners in. Well, that's it's what ba- that's what baseball is, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's why it's it's changed so much. And you know, look at someone like uh, uh, listen. I love DJ LeMahieu because the guy makes things like makes things happen. He can hit home runs, but he does get those hits, those doubles, those singles, drives and runs scores runs, that's the kind of game you really need in the playoffs, right? And if you don't have that, I mean, look, we got burned a lot. We didn't. We were trying to hit home runs. We we didn't have our pitchers go past the fifth or sixth inning. We got burned. We got burned and exposed real easy in a short series. That's what killed us. So, yeah, it goes back to being able to play baseball the way it should be played, getting the runners over, playing a little small ball, and, yeah, hitting, getting that home run when you need it, not when you're just trying to get one home, you know, one run in. So. Yeah, years ago was it? I mean, the way they do the lineups now. I mean, when Henderson was leaning off the Yankees, or um, even Willie Wilson with the they get on base second, you know, and Brett would drive him in. I mean, that would you were up down up one nothing right away, and right that away. game is kind of lost. And I was like Knobloch even with know, the late nineties Yankees. Yeah, sure. He got yes. on base a lot. I <laughs> yeah. just don't like these uh, batting like Judge batting second. I mean, I like our best guy to bat, bat third or fourth. I don't mm-hmm. like this whole thing of batting guys first. I, you know, you want a couple guys to get on base and, and a guy to come up with men on base because the pitchers are now. Are going to have to, you know, when they have to be more challenged with men on base, you know, sometimes he gets up second. And if the guy's not on base, he's, he's, I don't know. That's a new thing now, what they put their best hitters bat in second. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that seems like the way of going with this. No, I absolutely don't. I mean, I agree with you completely on that front, though, because I think the best player should definitely be in the third or fourth hole, because traditionally it's shown statistically the most amount of RBIs come from the third and fourth hole. And so what you want is your big, big, you don't need big sluggers, but you need someone who makes that consistent contact, as you, Jens, have mentioned. The one thing I don't like, as you agree, is that I agree with. It's like Jock Peterson of the Dodgers. They had him batting leadoff most of the time. And this guy is like a 230, 240 hitter. Yeah. And so it's like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get a home run right off the bat yes. of the game to get them rallied up and start going for yes. something. It's like, what? No, get the people on base, get the rally going, and get the energy behind You're the right. team. I always said the same thing. It always seemed backwards to me. Why would they do that? It's just like, might as well just like put the pitcher there in the same spot. Like, yeah. why not? Like, <laughs> you're just giving it away, right? I think what they say, because if they're up early, they'll get another at bat at the end of the game, maybe. But I don't know. I just, 
I hate to see that, but they, I mean, it's it, it's not just the Yankees. It's most teams that do that now, which is yeah. a different way of baseball. Baseball is different now, you know? I mean, look, you could even say when Goose got, you know, got in trouble with Mariano, when his game, or when we were there with Lyle, they came on with men on base. They would come in the seventh inning, two men on, Tug McGraw for you. You got to believe <laughs> you. So I was young enough to remember that, but they would come on base. They didn't have really error. I mean, they come in and pitch two or three. Now, Mariano did do that in the postseason, so we're not going to say that because he did pitch multiple yes. innings. But in the regular season, he only pitched one inning. But know? yes, and it's but a different it, game. You it know? does surprise me because I mean, you guys. I mean, I'm a million years old. So like, you know, when I when I look at these guys and I see like Goose coming with men on base, three innings. That was a closer for me as a kid. You know, Mariano. Like, you know, I'm not saying the guy's wimpy, but like he would go that one inning. He just reinvented the game. It changed the game. Right, right? It was a huge deal when he went multiple innings. Yes, mm -hmm. it was. And they talked about it all the time. They made such a huge deal about this. And that's why, you know, Goose gets angry because... Well, he says it the way it is. I mean, I whether mean, you like him or not. But I mean, Mariano, but you got to give him credit because the multiple innings he did in the postseason when of it counted. Of course. Right. And I've never... I've never. But, but you wonder, like, Goose or Sparky... And Sparky will pitch five, six innings in a, in a game. And he yeah. pitched the next day. But you wonder that when they pitched the whole year like that, when they pitched two or three innings, what did they have left at the end of the year? I mean, those guys, their arms were... I mean, I was talking to a lot of guys. Those guys didn't even know what it was to have a sore arm. They just went out and pitched, you know? So different mentality. You know, now they, if the guy gets hurt, he, you know, he tells you right away he's hurt. Years yes. ago, they were afraid of losing their jobs. They would play hurt, you know? And they're, yeah, and yeah, exactly. So now what they do is it's, it's they. I feel like they baby these guys. I really do. I think they take too much caution in trying to get these guys to make sure they're healthy. They don't throw them enough. They don't, maybe they don't throw them hard enough. I don't know if you saw Nolan Ryan a few years ago. He was like, what are they doing to these guys? They don't, they, you know, Nolan Ryan, you know, Nolan Ryan was. I know, and I would tell you an example. Nolan Ryan, they were like, oh, I mean, he hit Munson in the head one time, right? And Munson was out one or two. These, Munson yes. was never on a disabled list in 10 years. As a, that's hard to believe, yes, right? Really? The guy was a catcher. Unbelievable. That he didn't, these guys were never on a disabled list now. They might, they had to have injuries. I mean, the guy had bad knees. Now you have a 10-day like, DL or IL. Injured list. correct. But the guy got hit by Nolan Ryan fastball, and then he was out of the game, and the next game he was playing. So, yep. uh, you know, it's a different year. I mean, I, you know, Nettles, those guys were tough. I mean, I, yes, they were. And uh, and now nowadays, you like these guys and they complain a little bit wimpy. I would agree. Well, you know what I mean, it's the money. It's got to be the money aspect because you have such investments within these players that are trying to give re like a return in value through them playing in, on the field. The problem is we don't have them on the field anymore. You take right. them off the field so often that it's kind of just media. It's like a media response where it's a sponsorship and you just see the logo of Judge standing. But they play about five, seven games. <laughs> like, I mean, who's the poster child? Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, you never saw the guy. Never exactly. saw the guy. And the guy, the guy could play when he was healthy. That was rare, right? I mean, what did he have? One good season with New York. One defined good. Okay, <laughs> well, none, none better than his Boston seasons. Think about that. He was That's not. A, but like you said, when he was healthy, he was not a bad player. No. Hmm. You know, he could get on base, he could steal bases. He but could, the, he good could defense, steal bases. And he could steal, but, but he never was, you know, then there was a, almost a mockery the way at the end that he was always hurt. It, and, was, you know, it was tough to watch. Yeah. yeah. And every three days he'd come out and he'd be hurt again with something. And like, I don't even remember what he had. I, could, I used to have a list. It was, just, it was ridiculous. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Alan, have we ever had anything, you know, on the Broadway world, as far as like equivalent of like a bust, someone that we thought was just going to have like a super bright future here and just like kind of flamed out quickly without hurting feelings? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, The entire Broadway cast of Be More Chill. Yeah. So you just like, what about like, we'll, we'll roll into no, Not do, the people, but the show itself. Oh, yeah, the oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> the show itself, it, gained, it was off Broadway doing great, like a bajillion soundtrack, a bajillion streams online from the soundtrack. And then as soon as it hit Broadway, it just died. And yep. it's, and there's so many theories behind it. Yeah. Why does that happen? The, the, the demo, it's argued that. The demographic is for a younger audience, so they are they are able to afford off Broadway tickets, but not Broadway okay. tickets. It, you know, the demographic of Broadway is slightly didn't older. Translate. It didn't translate so well, and that's I think that's what happened. And now it just opened in London and it's doing well. So I mean, who knows if it's going to keep going now? Like if London shuts down and there's right. a state right. of emergency, who knows? But yeah, I would say like in individual people. God, there there have been people on the reverse that have blown me out of the water. I was like. Adrian Warren in Tina. Have you seen that yet, Al? I haven't. Like, give that girl all the Tonys. She <laughs> she just came. I was like, I don't know what this is about. I don't know if I'm gonna like this. And I just could not pick my job off the floor. Wow. So that there, there are defining roles for people, and this is hers. So I got the I got the reverse. I don't pay attention. I guess I forget the bad stuff. We're genetically designed. Our lizard yeah. brain does that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen To Kill a Mockingbird? Because I, I have think, not I'm yet. Taking my wife to see that. I hope it's good. So I get in trouble if it's not good. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's bro- it's broken box office records three times. So yeah. it's it's and, and Ed Harris is a quality. Well, you, you think you're taking her but yeah. once once Broadway reopens. Yeah, we yeah, else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that positive Yankee start yeah. and everything else starts, yeah. and uh, we get back to real life, and hopefully, no, unless you know. This comes over quickly, right? Now, our friend Dory Berenstein, you know, she created the Lights of Broadway show cards and they made, you know, the Broadway blackout card. I wonder if Lights of Broadway is going to do like some sort of a, like a, a COVID-19 card. Oh, just to, God. Like, take- <laughs> the Broadway, Broadway shutdown of 2020 card. I Let me ask you this. You know, we talked about Tony's before. Do you think that this, you know, with what we're going through right now is going to impact, you know, some of the winners and some of the shows that we absolutely, seeing. absolutely. Because six was supposed to open tonight. Diana's about to, is supposedly about to open. And like Mrs. Doubtfire is going to postpone. Like there are shows wow. that are supposed to be in this Tony season that I think won't open. And at all, at all before, mm. before the deadline. And to I mean, be what does that mean before the deadline? So there's just, just like, uh, just like like I know what I'm talking about with sports. <laughs> there's there's um to be considered for there's a there's a sorry, I'll back this up. There's an official beginning and end date through which by which a show has to open to be considered for this 2020 season of Got Tony it. Awards. Okay. So the deadline to open is I believe sometime in April. I don't know. Don't 
And the award ceremony is usually like first week of June, first uh, first yeah. or second Sunday of June. Yeah, okay. so it's the first Sunday of June. Nominations come out um, right at the end of April. So it's like you have to open by like that Thursday or Friday before the Monday of nominations. Wow. And so it's real quick. So there is a deadline to be considered. And there are people now who may not get their chance to be nominated or even Jeez. win you know, it's all about timing, right? Like, if you open against Hamilton, you're not going to win anything. I, yeah, right. Like, right. there are shows that are just going to sweep everything. So you might win this year. You might not win. I mean, this might be good for some people. They might not have won this year. Where next year they they will if they open. There, we were in here for another uh, recording session earlier with an off Broadway cast, and in the middle of the recording, they got the notice that they were that last night was their last show. Wow. Like they just closed. They did, so what do they do for work? They're actors. They just. Uh, just audition, keep the going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are unemployed. Collect unemployment. Can we go another hour talking about Broadway? Because I'm in now. I'm totally in. <laughs> this is actually really interesting. <laughs> it, it it is super interesting. I let, let me ask you this: Are, You think that any of these shows that you know? I think I had mentioned earlier that the minutes was supposed to open this weekend. Do you think any of them just don't come back? I do. I do because there are, especially with plays, there are. They're, they're already limited runs anyway because you've got a season mapped out of like, this comes in here, this comes in there. And some of it is based on the availability of the actors that are in the show. So if you've got a celebrity actor like... Um, Army like, Hammer, right? Is in Army Hammer. One. Or like, who's in uh, Soldier's Play right now? Uh, David Allen Greer. Greer. Yeah. So like, if that were to be pushed back and to the point where he can't do it anymore because he's got to mm. go shoot a movie, then yeah. you lose your star and you might lose your box office yeah. revenue and then the whole thing just... Gets canned. Wow. So this this is gonna throw this throws a wrench in everything. And yeah. I I I think it is a safe bet. The odds are high that the Tonys will be canceled. Canceled. Wow. wow. No Heard words it here given. first, folks. Well, wow. or they would they would not invite an audience. Is that possible with actually Holy what they would cow. do with Broadway? Because they're talking about doing that with sports. Do you think it's feasible so that they can get to the Tony Awards, such as Show of Six? Would they actually open up to well, the critics? Th if if they do the awards, period, because they're missing like half of the shows now that like if the shows don't open, Mrs. Doubtfire and Six and and Diana and some others, like um, God, I, I really don't know. I mean, because it's up to the Tony, the the panel, the board of directors, and all that of the theater wing and everything to decide what's happening with the shows and and they have to work with equity because equity equity is the actors union and so the union would be like well it's unsafe to perform mm -hmm. if we can't like e equity was already already saying you know don't do stage dooring don't don't greet your fans don't and then some of the theater owners were sending out blanket policies saying absolutely no visitors backstage as early as last week so just like stop spreading all this stuff but when you have all these ma I mean the tonys right now cannot happen under Cuomo's emergency declaration it's 500 or more people. Right. So you can't have anybody in the audience. Oh my God. Or you could have 499 people in the audience, right? right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you have, so you've never seen this before, actually, no. in the Broadway world. So never. this is just unprecedented, newfound territory. Wow. Yeah. The never lights before. went off on Broadway. You think deep. we've uh, seen our last Beetlejuice performance? Oh, gosh. Maybe. June 2nd or the first June, weekend of June was supposed yeah, to be Yeah, it was that. the first week of June. Yeah, so they were supposed to go through the Tonys. That oh, they man. might they might be done. Wow. Yeah. Damn. This is That uh, hurts. You, you <laughs> like that you, hurts. You saw that. You like that show you said. I loved that yeah. show. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We have me and Scotty saw that one. Yeah. That was uh that's one of my favorites. I, I I was trying to hope to, you know, maybe see it again. I had tickets to see Moulin Rouge April 2nd. That's not happening no. now. And that's uh let's see how high in demand those tickets are once the lights go back on. Wow. Because uh and you, you know, you've got some big names in that one too, Alan. You have Aaron Tavet and you have Karen Olivo. Mm-hmm. God knows what their schedules are uh, like if they I, I, I don't know. Karen lives in Wisconsin. She comes here to perform. Oh, oh they just so, got a state oh. of emergency too, Wisconsin, just today. <laughs> yeah, so, and think about, mm. I mean, compare, uh, not discounting 9-11 by any stretch of the imagination, right. but when 9-11 happened, Broadway shut down for like, I think it was two or three days, max. Yeah. And then they came back. And it was like, we as a as a city need something to to bond over and to, and literally to come together and enjoy and it's the coming together that's the problem now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social distancing right. is now it, it, it's yeah. what they're well, we pushing. we need it most. Sure. They yeah. just <laughs> self-quarantine. Isolate yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so this is this has just never happened before. And, and I mean, like you, the, the three of you, the four of you, including Al, like Al's in the Venn diagram of theater lovers and sports lovers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, like you come together and you enjoy... You enjoy baseball. You enjoy sports. That's your coming together. And so there are passionate, just as passionate theater fans who are oh, just yeah. hurting because they can't go and sit down and watch their their favorite actor or actress or hear their favorite song being sung live or performed live. And this is going to hurt. I mean, this is like, this is a mental health crisis as much as it <laughs> is right, right. A, a health crisis or physical health crisis, in my opinion, anyway. Jeez. This is uh, this is a tough one to uh, to swallow, and um, you know, as we said in the beginning of the show, we hope you all you know take the necessary precautions, and you know, we're gonna try to use this podcast mostly as a platform for you to just to escape for a little bit. Um, with that being said, I thought of one you know fun little thing we could do to wrap uh, the show tonight. We go around the table. Alan, you can, you can, I kind of have like a special one for you because it, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Although if you want to throw your two cents into on, uh, on the sports side of things, let's hear everyone's predictions on a final outcome for the 2020 Mets and Yankees. And if anyone wants to throw their two cents into this one, who do you think wins uh, Tony Award for best musical once the lights go back on? So there's like a, a hint of betting here. So like you're potentially betting on whether or not six actually opens, uh, Diana, uh, and how that how that would stack up to let's say a show like Moulin Rouge or Jagged Little Pill, which have been some real powerhouses in the industry. Why don't we start with you, Gil? I don't know too much about Broadway, but uh, I'll take your advice. Who, who you think is going to be good? <laughs> I don't really know about Tony. And all the uh, plays are so talented, so much talent there. So let's just hope that soon that they'll be open again. And uh, who's going to win the Tony? I don't know. The Mets are going to win 87 games and not be in the playoffs. And the Yankees are going to win the division. <laughs> I don't want to even, you know, even with the Yankees, I'm not so in about the number of wins. But even if they just win 97 wins, just right. be prepared for the playoffs. Because I couldn't care less about the 100 wins. I mean, Boone's won the 100 wins. means yeah. nothing to me. I mean, they say, oh, Boone. We get prepared and, and play the season like it means something for the playoffs. So what's the final outcome then? Wait, we got the to- Mets are not going to make the playoffs. Eighty-seven <laughs> wins, and the Yankees are going to win ninety-seven wins and win the division. And, and so true. do they get past the? I'm hoping. Know, the I, I'm going to hope that they will get a pennant. I'm hoping. I'm. I'm just praying that they get to the World Series. Get to the World Series. That's what I'm. I don't know if they're going to win it, but yeah. if they don't get to the pennant, then uh, we got to get the manager or GM that can get us there. That's a realistic yeah. Yankee fan. Yes, I, I yeah, very much the ones so. that are like they're going to win every year. I mean, <laughs> enough, enough, just calm down. You know, right. Casey, what Me? are your predictions? Uh, if the Mets make the playoffs, Yankees win in six for the World Series, right? If they go all the way, right? Are we are we are we doing matchup? Do whatever you want. All right, we're doing a matchup. Mets make it amazing, right? 
Maybe. We'll have we'll have another meeting here. Did they make it as a Subway division season, winner yeah. or a wild card winner? Wild card. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Yankees win in six. I don't know anything about Broadway, <laughs> but I'm going to say Diana makes it makes it uh, comes out. What first wins a Tony? I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what? I can't even fake this. Comes in first place by three and a half seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you asking me? I don't know that. And it comes around the corner and we got a first place. At least, at least Gil is like, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I that. can't even. Fake I just, it. I love. To, I just like to go once or twice a year because I enjoy it, and and like even going to uh, you know the Lincoln and Lincoln and Met and all. I mean, it's such you should uh, try to go to and and I mean, being in New York, it's yeah. you got the best in the world here, so you should right. really see the talent here. I mean, it's beautiful to see and spend the night and so forth. So that's hopefully. I feel bad for the you know the entertainment industry, the hotels, the people who have restaurants, like all sure. this stuff is what you know to get the economy. It's going to take a big hit. So that's what I'm. You know, very sad about a lot of the people in yeah. the entertainment industry and that. So, so hopefully this could pass over sooner than later and things could get back to semi-normal. Dougie? Well, I mean, when it comes to the Tonys, anyone who watches a show is a winner, just but naturally. But I got to say, Jag nice. Little Pill or Virginia Woolf. What do you think? Virginia Woolf? I saw Jagged Little Pill and I loved it. Um, Jagged Little Pill's a, a pretty safe bet, though. I, I, I kind of, for me personally, as a student of baseball and theater, I want to go see the shows before I make that type of uh, hot take. For you guys, it doesn't matter as much. You know, <laughs> oh, you really? Know, really? We only see one show. <laughs> so, and let me hear about uh, Mets and Yankees. Well, okay. So, Mets, um, I'm going to be the realistic, pessimistic Mets fan who's actually cautiously optimistic. So, playoffs, wild card. I think the Braves will probably get it over them in the NL East. The Mets will probably go to the conference series, but I believe they lose to the Dodgers, who go on to play actually the Yankees in the World Series. But There's I think so that I think it's going to go up to seven games in that World Series. The depth of the relief pitching of the Yankees is what leads me to believe, because when you get to the World Series, is that you can start going to your bullpen more often, and you can have those openers, starters, like you said, that I believe the Yankees will win within seven against the Dodgers. Any and team was, that has... And if it was against the Mets, sorry, if it was against the Mets, they would win in four. We do have Chapman. You've got Chapman. You've got the Cuban missile right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> First time his name's come up the whole show, actually. That's right. It's kind of <laughs> weird for this show. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Does it come up every show? Oh, because you're like obsessed with the guy, right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> he is a mascot to the baseball know, Broadway community. Obsessed is a strong word. Alan, take us home. Predictions? Oh God, I don't. I don't need to go last. Uh, <laughs> I know nothing about the 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 Astros and the and the Metskis. <laughs> the Metskis. I'm so gonna call them the, the Yankets. <laughs> um, uh, so they'll they'll come in first place by three and a half seconds, <laughs> and and take it take it in eight. There we go. Uh, right. not bad, not bad. And the Mets will win the Tony. Right? And the yeah. Mets will win the, the, win the Tony. There we go. That's so popular. Kill it. Oh, I love it. Guys, I can't thank you all enough for coming in tonight. This was awesome. It was great. Thank you. Great. No, it was Absolute great. pleasure. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank and you, too. We hope that you all love Break a Bat. And if you love it enough, uh, you know, during these trying times, we're, like I said, we're here to provide a platform for you all, you know, on the baseball side and the Broadway side. Uh, if you like us, subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm so happy that we had the panel that we did tonight, and that'll end the baseball roundtable portion of tonight's episode. For all the folks at home, we hope you learned something and are you know just as excited as we are about this uh, upcoming baseball season and some of the great Broadway shows that we have opening. So 
Uh, we're going to sign off from the roundtable and leave you with a little chat that I had with a Broadway veteran and longtime Dodgers fan, Sarah Jean Ford. Take it away, Sarah. We're happy to welcome someone to the batter's box who can definitely speak intelligently when it comes to baseball and the arts. Now batting, Sarah Jean Ford. Oh, hey, here I am up at bat. I don't know if I can speak intelligently about baseball, but I can speak intelligently about being a fan. That's important. How's that? And that goes back, I mean, you've been a fan forever. I had to be. You were born into it. I believe my mom went to a game like nine months pregnant. So she's a California. She grew up as a California girl. Yes, as did I. Nine months pregnant. She made nine it to months pregnant. Made it to the game. Risky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I've been going ever since I was a kid. You know, I've sung the national anthem there. Um, I, uh, you know, it's 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 in my blood. They it has to be. They might have to bring you back for the playoffs sometime soon because they haven't had a lot of luck lately. <laughs> Maybe you could like turn that and give them some good vibes going right. into one they of these playoff need, games. They need me, you think? I think so. I mean, did you? Did <laughs> Do you they know? <laughs> I don't know if they know that. <laughs> you know, by the way, my mom did set up that gig, like my manager is, or like something. Like she was like, just so you know, Christine Dye, Sarah Jean Ford <laughs> is in town and she would like to sing the national anthem. Like she full blown like was a stage mom for the first time in her life and made it happen. Get out of here. Yeah. So your mom's your manager? No. Oh, oh, oh. No, but she like was that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one specific day. So it happened like spur of the moment? I think I was just coming into town for something. I was doing a concert. And yeah, she was like, well, guess what? I set something up for you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Are you nervous doing something like that? Um, You know, not so much anymore. Perhaps then I was. I don't know. I, my nerves have really like settled in my... In my old age. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I Yeah. For something like that, it's just so many people that you sort of are just like, eh, okay. You know, I, I think at the Rangers game, I think two years ago, and that was, I had my daughter backstage with backstage. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you would call it, in the room with me. <laughs> and uh, she got to watch and I, nobody told told me that the Rangers, like the fans, yell throughout the entire national anthem. They have like all these like bits and things they do. And my mom was like, "That is so rude to a performer." <laughs> There's more etiquette with the baseball right. crowd. I'll give I'll give us that. Absolutely, absolutely. Like growing up, so you were going. You grew up uh, near California. You went to a lot of games. Your mom still had those tickets. She had those tickets. She bought. She got them. Her and I think my aunt, her sister, got them when they were like eighteen, nineteen. And then they had them for, a, I mean, for a very long time. They lost them. I think they lost them. They did. They lost them. It was sort of like they eventually started to like, you know, pull them out. And then somebody, somebody kind of came up from underneath and was like, I can pay for the whole thing. And then just sort of, it was a, it was a nasty little thing that happened. But, um, but obviously we still go all the time and my brother's a big fan and the game is always on when I go home. If, you know, if we're in season. Now, <laughs> obviously, it, honestly, in, in my apartment, the game is still on and like right. the Yankee encore <laughs> presents or the Yankee classics or whatever the hell right, it right. was. <laughs> Not this time of year, though, because we're recording this right around Christmas, come to think of it. But cut that out, Al. Huh? Note <laughs> in editing. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, like growing up to the stadium, was there like a certain um, was there like a certain moment where you realized that 
you know, your soul kind of knew how to absorb the sport and all the tradition that comes with it? Yeah. I mean, I think the sound of Vince Scully's voice, like it is a part of that. Like it's a very huge part of my childhood and like the sound of my childhood. It was always on the transistor radio. (laughs) Do they have those anymore? They have to for like the end of the world and stuff. Um, Yeah. um, So the sound of his voice sort of like permeated my youth and uh, you know, I mean, I've watched the the stadium change over the years, and um, it's so <laughs> so she she now. There's like sushi, and there's like all this, you know, wine, and you know, back in the day, it was just one Dodger dog and some fries, and um, the peanut guy was the same peanut guy. The <laughs> smell is the same, you know. Um, but uh, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and, like, I was very – my mom was really big on history, is big on history, and was super – it was very important to her to educate me about Chavez Ravine and, like, all the people that lived there and, like, how they were basically torn from their homes so this stadium could be built. And, I mean, so, like, the the history of that area is just, like, it's it's all in me. Like, I know that drive by heart and, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but – no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that there's still a lot of hostility there because of that? You mentioned the. Uh... I mean, I can't say for sure. I all I know is my white privilege. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, um, I um, and uh, there there still are like a lot of little teeny tiny houses around that area. And we would always take the back road. That was how I knew about it because we never took the like formal entrance to Dodger Stadium. We <laughs> always like took this back road and it would like go through all of these little tight little streets. And then you would see like the goat that like the people had, you know, like people still sort of kept up their their historic ways of living there as best as they could. I can't, I can't imagine. I don't know. I mean, they were there for, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before we came. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like, I don't know. I'm sure they do have some resentment. Very fair. Who were who were some of your guys growing up? Were you like more the, nah, you're, Oral Hershiser's too. You would have. I, I knew, Oral, I mean, Oral Hershiser, I met Oral Hershiser. Uh, my mom was like really, uh, my mom used to run a senior PGA golf tournament. So we also were surrounded by just sports in general because of all of the sponsors for the golf tournament. So, I mean, I knew, I knew all the golf players and then we went to like every basketball game and every hockey game and every football game. I mean, we were just always, that was such a cool part of my childhood. Um, for some reason, I can't remember why I met Oral Hershiser, but I met him. Um, yeah, I mean, he was like the star. He was like sort of the rock star of that time. And I mean, Kirk Gibson, obviously. Um, you know what? I did wear my Dodger shirt today to the gym, though, the 1981 championship World Series. Oh, when you Dodger beat the shirt. Yankees. Nice. That, yeah, nice sorry. one for you I, to But choose. I did wear that <laughs> to the gym today, just to give you that. Um, That's sick. Now we do one thing to wrap every show here. Yeah. And it's high stakes. High stakes. Oh, yeah. Think of it in ninth inning. Okay. Game's on the line. You're down by a run. Man on first, man on second. Okay. And you got to get a hit here. Okay. And it's called fastball derby. Someone's on the mound throwing 105 miles an hour. Let's say it's Chapman for the spirit of our show. Right, right. I ask you a question. You say the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. All right. Okay. Nervous. All right. Let's say you got through Phantom. This, uh, this is probably more difficult, actually. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> Favorite New York City meal. 
the soup man downstairs. Is that, I guess that's the first thing that comes to your head? Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> New York City landmark that you've never been to, but still want to see? Um, the top of the rock. Same. Yeah. Right. I've, I, I'm glad you didn't say Statue of Liberty. I always feel, I would feel weird with that one. Statue of Liberty is great. Ellis Island is fantastic. Walking through a woman's cloak, though, that's not unnecessary. Fair. Yeah, I, <laughs> Ellis Island, though, I should, I should. Ellis Island, I like, I cried when I went to Ellis Island. It's moving. <laughs> Your dream role? Um, uh, hasn't been created yet. You got to create it. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Most challenging song you've ever had to sing in a performance? Uh, glitter and be gay. Was it vocally or the? Subject matter of the song. Uh, vocally. Okay. Yeah. Favorite late night snack. Two show day, it's after midnight. What's Sarah grabbing before she hits the couch? Um, lately, it's um, peanut butter and company, cinnamon peanut butter with raisins, and uh, Mary's um, gone crackers and blueberries. <laughs> wow. That's mm -hmm. a diverse array of stuff all in, in all one setting. You have yeah. all. Oh, and cheese. Ooh, okay. Yeah. No crackers. Gone crackers. Oh, oh, oh. seed crackers. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Most embarrassing on stage moment. Um, do you really want to hear it? Hell yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I was in Phantom of the Opera, and uh, there's a moment when I have to like wake up from a dreamy spell and um, look over at the Phantom, and I'm like, oh my god, who is he? What is he doing? And he's like madly playing the organ, and then I have to go over and rip his mask off. And then he comes at me and he's like, damn you. And then there's like this whole thing and he runs at me and I like have to run away and I'm screaming and it's just, oh, he's just so terrifying. He murders people. Um, and so um, that particular day they had uh, painted the deck, which is something that they do pretty much every month. Um, and it, once that fog hits the deck, everything gets just like so slippery. And nobody had told me that. I had just joined the tour. This was on tour. I was in Alabama. And I, um, I took that mask off and I ran and I had to run towards this, like, it's called a portcullis, which is like this, like, sort of like grate that comes down. And, um, it's like the entire back of the stage and I run towards it. And I sort of like hold on and I'm like, oh, and I ran and my feet shot out from underneath me and I like, <laughs> I cooter slammed basically on the portcullis, like, ha! And it like, like it, my feet went underneath me and a, a bar, like a metal bar went right between my legs. And then I got up in character because I'm a professional and I ran downstage and I like lay down and then I was like, oh! And then, and apparently the like guy on the, the heads, you know, the spotlight was like, yeah, you're going to want to check on Sarah June Ford when she gets off stage. She <laughs> took a really big spill. When I came off stage and I was bleeding, my vagina was bleeding, and I had to wear a ice pack in my leotard for the rest of the show, like my little cold secret. And um, that is what happened to me. And then the, um, you know, like, they had to like fill out an accident report. And so like- Because that's all union stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then the like- the the insurance company like calls me and they're like so um how are you <laughs> like, oh. they were so nervous to talk to me about my cooter slam so that's what that's what happened to me overall impressions of clayton kershaw overall impressions of um uh kind and like a do-gooder um 
I mean, him and his wife do like so many wonderful things for people. Those are, I would say those are my first impressions. And then um, next things next, uh, just a really good picture. What about in the playoffs? Um, I didn't watch the playoffs. Don't, I know. Sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Um, you're going to be exposed to, I know it's so embarrassing. It's like, I'm the most embarrassing Dodger fan there, there ever was. And when I wear my Dodger hat, people are like, Oh yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Keys. See, I told you Asians all goes away, but I'm like, yeah, Dodgers. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Didn't watch it. With a beer and a Dodger dog, though, it's, it's easy to get back into it. I, I got to go to the Dodger Stadium. You got to go. I have brought my daughter, and she loved it. So there you go. Lastly. Yes. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave me. That's a good one. My mom said once, I think someone had given her this advice, that sometimes you aren't taking a step back in your life, sometimes you're just taking a step to the side. That's it. Yeah. Good stuff, Sarah. <laughs> Thank <Awesome>. you. <laughs> well, that'll close out the ball game here on Break a Bat. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.